Okay, so I'm here on this week's episode with Nikki Adolfi, um, who's basically a researcher around and with a specific um, uh, reference to bioethics. You've got a master's, Nikki, I think, haven't you? In, yeah. Been bioethics as well? Yeah, so the full title is a Master of Arts, so MA, Bioethics yeah. and Medical Law, and I just completed it last year. And yeah. I wrote my dissertation in lockdown, which was <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, well, <laughs> something to keep you busy through lockdown, at yeah. least, you know. Uh, so five kids is not enough. Five kids. Kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. But I thought it, it, it's really good having you on to give a bit of a view on the ethical standpoint of what's going on, and I think. What I thought I'd do is, first of all, like just introduce in terms of, you know, where we are and a little bit of context around um, really the craziness of um, the whole direction of travel at the moment. I mean, when we look at COVID, you know, we're looking at excess deaths. We're looking at, you know, very, very little difference in the numbers in terms of that. And we've got that versus a um, vaccine, which currently... Um, on the government's own website in the UK, we're looking at over 1,400 deaths. I think in the, in the American Bears system, we're over 9,000 now. Um, I've lost the touch a little bit on the European one, but I think it's over 17,000. Um, a lot, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the context of that is, um, you know, this is more deaths than I think when you calculate it, at least in the last 11, 12 years of all of the vaccines put together. And yet there's no real debate ever about that whatsoever. Um, just in terms of that, how do you, you know, obviously you've got that background in bioethics, Nikki. How, you know, how does how does that sit with you, basically? Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've recently done a bioethics course um, and I was a, rel a relatively newcomer, I guess, to ethical um, understanding. I was yeah. really thrown in the deep end with the first module being philosophy based. I didn't really know anything, um, but I managed to keep up with it. And actually, I have been researching vaccines for 15 years. So I did the course because I was very concerned about where things were heading. Um, I actually am um, a trained breastfeeding counsellor. I haven't done any work for a while, but I supported a lot of women um, after their children. There was a lot of... Um, stories about the birth process and we I um, sort of work would be the wrong way but I, I help and support and work with um, natural health groups uh, online um, just posting comments supporting parents occasionally I've been to visits or written letters um, so I'm quite active in that kind of field and yeah I was I was very concerned about the, the way things are going a lot of bullying a lot of conversion so for me seeing the outcome of uh, COVID and the vaccine rollout, I was like, this has been going on for years, but this has all kind of exploded, if you like, because of the pressure people are under, especially the reaction to COVID by the medical uh, professionals. Um, so for me, it, it's, it's, not actually all that surprising where we are so yeah yeah so I mean I think in terms of 
yeah because it, it's it's i mean i know from my own sort of personal experience yeah you know you you can see that you know if somebody was to say oh you haven't had your vaccine yet you know what, what why is that etc as if it's just an absolutely expected thing and i mean clearly you know i think we've got an overall system right from the top where people aren't getting both sides of the argument i yeah, mean that's yeah. pretty obvious isn't so it been going on yeah. that there was yeah. one approach and i think one of the most striking things for me as um a researcher uh, in vaccines as well as bioethics is that um when when parents have the baby and they want to do everything right and you just turn up to the appointment and there's absolutely no discussion you don't get the package insert and you don't get the risk benefit analysis it is expected um, and in actual fact, I've seen interviews where they promote that as a, a, a way, a practice to inc increase vaccination rates. And I, I find that appalling. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's just just on that. Sorry, Nikki, I was just no, going to say, I mean, it's interesting. I've seen a number of videos of people essentially going undercover into vaccine centres. It's pretty obvious they're genuine, you know, uh, videos or, or, or audio recordings, you know, they're either Hollywood actors and I don't know any Hollywood, <laughs> don't know any Hollywood actors on our side. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not, or it's real. And it's really clear. It's, it's you know, the kind of language that we're getting from, um, from, from people is, oh, you know, there's been some very, very rare things, but, you know, it's nothing to be concerned about or blah, 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 and this kind of thing, which that is, it's leading, you know, it's essentially yeah. leading the witness, isn't it? You know? We've, we've had this um, throughout the whole last few generations, I guess, we've been exposed to this increasing vaccine schedule. From the moment you're born, you're exposed to this kind of language. But it, the COVID vaccine has just brought this into a whole different level of coercion. Um, whereas it's normally behind the scenes with parents who then by about a year, some people start to question. And that's crucially when the MMR is given, which is why there's so much um, conflict around the MMR, because that's when parents start to wake up a bit. Parents yeah. gets a bit easier. You've got more time to research. This isn't necessarily about the MMR particularly, although there are some yeah. specific differences with it. But by a year, parents tend to find themselves a bit more and they're able to exercise their autonomy better. And so by that point, questions start emerging, especially with behaviour. They find networks, they're more grounded in who they are. And so um, then those questions emerge. In COVID, we've had... What, relatively a few months and we've been bombarded by these messages and we're all being treated like babies we've yeah yeah absolutely all been treated yeah. like we're newborn babies or parents of newborn babies we've been treated in that same mindset so we're coming at it with the coercive mentality that we all have to obey we all have to do this in the same way a parent would come with a newborn baby and that language is identical the coercion is identical yeah. we've had no time to process it i see what you mean not there yeah, so you're almost saying this. This is something as you as as you sort of say. This has been going on for some time. Yeah. The difference is now is it's just on a 
much grander scale, yeah. isn't it? Everything we've ever seen, about. everything we've ever seen in vaccine research has come to a head with COVID. Like yeah. the way they've done the trials, the way the, um, you know, just everything. I, I can't even think of anything at the moment, but um, the way it's yeah. been sold out, um, safety data, just everything on just on a massive scale. It's much more open. Everyone's talking about it, but we still got the psychological effect of you must comply. And yeah. it, it was really, really dangerous. <laughs> And yeah, I had yeah. hoped that we'd move beyond that, you know, more grown up language, more debate, more discussion. And of course, it's actually completely gone the other way, um, which which has um, it's not surprised me, but it has made me very worried, actually, about the future of ethical debate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it has to when 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 we, we look at the I mean, you, you know, in terms of I think f for me as well, you, you look at the way it's been sort of rolled out on COVID. Um, and it, it's almost, you know, because whilst I agree, totally agree, you know, in terms of, you know, I, I started looking, I was sort of not, you know, massively sort of, didn't have a massive opinion on vaccinations actually up until COVID. And then you, you go down that rabbit hole with vaccinations and you see, actually, there's quite a bit to question just generally about the vaccines. But nevertheless, though, you've got a scenario here where, you know, you, it, I mean, yes, you know, you may have very much, you know, that it's sort of not actually fair testing and fair trials to get, you know, but nevertheless, you know, you look at other vaccines and you go, certainly in terms of, you know, the very worst side effects, et cetera, you know, the numbers are you know relatively small you know you can argue you can argue well actually they're still bigger than the risk of the disease etc cetera, etc cetera. but this is so far weighted the other way as far as i can see mm. and yeah the push is you know because uh, al although before although obviously with other vaccines you know there's this expectation to get it there's some coercion involved etc where we're now going is you know <laughs> we just had the judgment haven't we yesterday that you know if you work in a care home that's being mandated mm -hmm. you know we can see across the world you know going to mandate and i mean in in america you've got biden with his task force going around people's houses door to door yeah. you know you've had the situation in you know in, in well you get instead you know macron in france is suggesting that you know potentially you won't be able to go to a supermarket in a few months if you haven't got a vaccine yeah. so you know the level of this is you know beyond belief i mean where where do you see it from an ethical standpoint where do you see that it's sort of gone wrong gone yeah. wrong i mean i know i know yeah. obviously you're gonna say you know yeah it's it's over a long period of time but it, it feels like something more recently has sort of pushed it completely off the scale um it's an interesting question so um there, there are several things that have his um rooted historically have led to this point yeah. uh, and one of the one of the things is kind of the postmodern e era um i just wrote something i'm gonna have to refresh my memory um yeah so um we have a very consumerist approach okay so this is a build-up of where we are now um we are constantly looking for products to solve our problems um we've lost our spirituality and our rootedness to the earth and we talk about it we know that it's yeah. missing 
we talk about the environment we talk about but it's not really genuine okay so um we also have immersed ourselves in entertainment so we're constantly being bombarded by messages so for, for me the, the ethics are really what is autonomy in an age where you're bombarded by consumerist messages yeah yeah, yeah. so ethics particularly from a theological so ethics can be uh, morality ethics is the the discussion and debate of inner morality morality is more private ethics is the debate and discussion of what is um, the private life brought out into the open and um when um when when we really sit back and think about our own inner morality um we have to root that in our culture and what we're doing yeah. and western culture it's failed us for covid yeah and okay. actually i'm just do you know what i'm thinking of while you're saying that nikki i'm thinking of you know from a practical standpoint from doctors you know especially you know doctors it's a it's a long course at university right where they spend years and years they build up a lot of debt um you know, there's been all of this coercion in terms, I mean, we've seen doctors struck off for not going with the programme. Yeah. And then on top of that, Nikki, you've got a situation, you've also got the carrot where, you know, I've seen various things. I'm not sure in the full, but it seems pretty obvious. There's a financial incentive there yeah. for doing more vaccine, vaccinations. So and we've got um, a, a culture that is um, guided by Western principles, West, you know, agreed commercial um, capitalist. Um, and also it's been guided by the drama triangle. So we're all, you know, rooting to do something practical because we have immersed ourselves on screens and we are bombarded by the drama triangle all the time we're trying to be heroes in this we're all kind of going out getting our vaccine we're socially distancing masks <laughs> everything we've just got to do it because you know the only entertainment yes. we, our own. We, we've, we are we have made this the way it is every single one of us who sits in front of a screen gets given the tv messages but where is our inner morality where is our inner guide and one of the things that um we would never have got to this point in any other point in history partly because of our technology use the fact that we can all get everything anyway from a screen we can order stuff online we, we you know just everything is done for us um and also um um our uh, sense of um connectedness to each other is disappearing through, through this uh, honestly i think nick, nick yeah that's really that's really really interesting so i mean you know gosh there's so much stuff there right <laughs> and it, it's really it's interesting because it's stuff that i can certainly um you know from my own standpoint observe i mean it's it's really i mean I, i've sort of noticed that you know exactly what you're saying there you know i've been vaccinated and stuff like that and i'm like you know and and i've seen so many you know memes of you know um i've seen some quite quite funny ones of you know people from the second world war and and going you know and there's it's like all you need to do is step outside and take your mask off you know <laughs> whereas these people you know, the, the, the level of, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to a lot of people actually and read a lot of stuff about essentially people getting quite soft about stuff, you know, as in, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, actually what's the worst thing that's going to happen to us that, you know, it's the end of the world if this, whereas actually, you know, you, you, it's, it, it's sort of, 
it, it feels a little bit like people have sort of, um, um, it, it's very much about fitting in with everybody else yeah, and fitting yeah. in with an expectation which essentially comes from, it, it comes from consumer culture. Yeah. And, I, and I feel a lot of what happens is from my own personal perspective, I see it as, it gets it gets um, reduced down to things like you know left and right you know race or this or that. Whereas I I see the capitalism versus socialism etc cetera, etc. Cetera. For me, what it comes down to is that you know I, I think that you've got you've got you've you've clearly from an ethical standpoint you've clearly got you know some very very rich powerful people on that side of the argument. I mean, my God, I look at sort of 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the idea of some, you know, some sort of, you know, white um, sort of, you know, white liberal sat there um, aligning themselves, you know, somebody who is almost like the sort of, you know, almost like the new age of today type movement, aligning themselves with Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. Mm. And I think 20, 30 years ago, Everybody was railing against yeah. these powerful people. Now they're on the same side. I'm like, how on earth? You know, it's amazing. I see all these liberals in inverted commas with exceptionally illiberal attitudes. Yeah, yeah and on yeah. that side of the debate. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about the consumer culture. Um, you know, being. Uh, thinking about autonomy, which is one of the biggest things that I really like to think about a lot in terms of ethics. Uh, what is autonomy in that consumer culture? And one of the problems is when you've got everybody doing the same thing, um, that nobody in that group has autonomy. No one has the ability to think for themselves because we're all in this we're all in this together look at that yes, you know, it's not yes, yeah. however we are not all in this together and yeah, uh, i just read a very good book called the bystander effect so that's um, it's very interesting the psychology involved when you're in a mass group and there's also another group um, i'm sorry another book uh called um the informed heart by bruno bruno bettelheim who was in the concentration camps and he talks about how certain groups stood out from the crowd and and things like that um and it's it's having that courage and conviction and there is um there are people who are stepping outside of that big mass coercive society that's the phrase that Bethlehem uses the mass mm. coercive society I think it's brilliant because that's yeah. exactly what we're facing so the combination of this these two ideas the bystander effect and the mass coercive society um kind of fused together here uh being able to step outside of that mass uh group gives you autonomy and yet the people that are being listened to right now are not the ones that have got their autonomy it's the ones who are in this movement this mass coercion oh it's hypnotic it's, yeah. it's a spell it's, it's crazy crazy i mean it, it's it's inverted isn't it i mean yeah. i you know i sort of i suppose i think i mentioned to you when we were speaking before nikki i sort of woke up i know i sort of woke up to things maybe a couple of years ago, but I was sort of, I wasn't an activist type. I just thought, I know all this type of stuff's nonsense, but, you know, probably in a quite a selfish way in a way, it's not mm. really impacting me. I'll keep out of it, etc. And I'll just, you know, do my own little life over here. Mm. Um, it's then sort of become right in our faces, but it's amazing. 
um, I think we're all in a, a situation now where many people around us are, you know, completely on that sort of, I would say, brainwashed side of the argument, yes. but that's my own, my own view. But you, they're on that side of the argument, but I get made to feel like I'm in the cult, but yeah, yeah. I'm, but yeah, I don't have the answers. I'm not going to say I've, I've read, you know, I've done a lot of research myself around the vaccine, around the side effects, around the potential dangers that a number of, you know, people a lot more qualified from a scientific perspective have around it. And, and actually, what all I'm going is here's the facts of I don't really fully understand the workings of it what I do understand is here's the facts of here's the risk levels here's you know the facts around the PCR test here's the facts around you know and also who is for the who is for the vaccine who is for all of this stuff and why and also makes me incredibly suspicious where you've got not only the stick but all the incentives yeah. the incredibly um suspicious where you know you you know what what i can recognize because i think anyone of any reasonable intelligence can recognize although i'm not sure these days but recognize <laughs> propaganda you know propaganda when you can see it. it's almost yeah. sometimes nikki i feel at the moment it's like watching some black and white soviet propaganda video yeah. but we're talking about the bbc now you know yeah. it's, it's really incredible. scary it's really strange um yeah i mean um i was going to talk about a uh, utilitarianism because that's one of the yeah. ethical theories that comes through so um what i've noticed um utilitarianism is is usually ref, um, reference um, in amongst kind of ethical decision making and one of okay. one of the things you've got is you've got a contrast between um you know the inner values or the ultimate goal um and there's always a conflict when you ever make a decision you've got this conflict between your your inner guiding light um and sometimes that means like never lying or you know never taking anything right, like yeah, yeah. or you've got the ultimate goal where you have to sometimes breach that to get to where you want to be if that yes. means doing more good and then you've got utilitarianism thrown in there which is um, a sort of formula for trying to get maximum benefit um and vaccines are usually sort of thrown into that utilitarianism kind of equation without much thought to it i have to say um, yeah, I, yeah. Find, I find utilitarianism as an ethical construct quite weak actually um because it doesn't always it bring in other aspects it kind of just deals with either economics or simple pleasure pain and it doesn't kind of influence people's decision making for any other way like um, you know your inner values or for example um, environmental ethics so utilitarianism is just a human thing but it's also um, as one book I read it was about um, you know, political decision making so uh, everyone does it so as a parent I do it I do utilitarianism I've got to try and maximize the structure of the family to make it as easy as possible to get the maximum gain so everyone yeah, does it yeah. in a leadership yeah. position yeah um but actually it's not the same thing as the contrast between your inner values and your you know ultimate guidance it's more of a judgment thing um so I find that utilitarianism has creeped in 
to medicine in a very, very dangerous way over the course of many years. So it's lost its kind of inner principle and it's doing just utilitarianism as ethical construct. And it's very, very dangerous process. So it doesn't allow people to make their own decision because it's based in utilitarianism, which is actually a political decision-making tool, not an inner guide to your autonomous decision. Absolutely. And then I think on top of that, haven't you, Nikki, you've got this thing that, you know, what it's, there's there's so much of an agenda, you know, whichever level you want this agenda, you know, you can go right the way to, you know, what some people would say is completely crazy around depopulation, et cetera. But even, you know, right the way, you know, you've got, you've got the proven connections between a number of politicians and the shares that they've got in these firms. I mean, that's, that's that's not conspiracy. That is there. We've got that in fact. And not only that, the fact that it doesn't seem like there's any penalty for that whatsoever. But then on top of that, you've got, you know, you've got, the pharmaceutical firms that are peddling these 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 vaccines, yeah. um, you know, in involved in so many court cases previously where they've been proven to, you know, not be acting in the best, um, uh, you know, in the best way for 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 the, for the people taking it. Mm-hmm. And you look at those and and how much money they're going to make from yes. these things yes. you know I, I mean i noticed as well nikki i think i can't remember it was one of the um one of the countries in the old eastern europe i think one of one of the old um soviet countries i can't remember which one it was but basically essentially the world bank said um you know we'll we'll lend you this much money world bank or imf i can't remember which one um as long as you do x y and z over covid he told them on your bike um yeah. so he didn't get the money and stuff and it's sort of you look at this and you go right the way you've got this corruption and it's pushing on this agenda we've got the proven situation in the meat well i say proven we've got this agreement in the media that we sort of know about and it's pretty obvious it's operating whereby you know we're not going to allow anything on the vaccine hesitancy side because again we're all in it together this yeah. great book. you know <laughs> yeah. because, because you know going back to your point nikki you know, the idea of a greater good situation, right, is a tough one. If you're going, I'm looking after society, if we had a, you know, a pandemic whereby everybody was dropping like flies, right, we've got this possible solution, you know, some people are going to die, but overall it's going to, you know, save more people than it does. It's a really, I've got every, um, you know, every sympathy for whoever's having to make those kind of decisions. But, yeah. you know, we're seeing a situation, Nikki, where the, the you know those things those things aren't at play, you know, and, yeah. and particularly for younger people, and even the arguments that you know I sort of hear almost like rumours from the mainstream around, you know, the unvaccinated are a danger to the vaccinated, vaccinated without any real evidence yeah. that you know this herd immunity argument without any real evidence again around around you know why you know why why does it matter the people who are left unvaccinated i'm not clear on a strong argument on oh that. yeah i don't I know mean, about I you could, i could talk about that all day honestly it drives yeah. me mad so um there's i've read so many things about vaccines over the years so oh gosh yeah. it's it's crazy um one thing i would say very clearly is the pharmaceutical 
industry does not need any help with marketing from us so all these people <laughs> on facebook all these yeah. people trying to say oh you must go and get the top like you really don't need to be doing that because they yeah. do not need any help from us and the same with doctors yeah. with nurses everyone you do not need to help them and um, they are going to rake in billions million, you know whatever it is yeah. i really don't even know the figures i haven't looked i find it all disgusting to be honest um you know they do not need any help peddling this so why are we pushing people why are we make you know my brother might be um you know he might be forced to have it via court order you know and why put all that effort into just one person thousands and thousands of yeah. court cases and he's not the only one there have been others um i'm still waiting to hear about that he's severely autistic and in a care home and we've said no it's been a family thing for years you know why are we doing this why is it so important to get that one more it's, you know we care yeah. workers like if what vaccines work and if they're safe and effective yeah that, that's yeah, what i don't always. understand you know because yeah. you look at that situation i mean you, you you mentioned it you know you mentioned it to to me to, in more detail sort of privately and stuff mm -hmm. and, I, and i look at it nikki and i go but you know the cir the circumstances of your brother is it's it's a relatively rare circumstance yeah. you know across society overall mm -hmm. you know why be pushing for that so yeah. much it seems you know and why i mean i get i sort of get in a way okay you want to push it to get to a certain you know but now they've got to this the level that they've got to it's a bit of a law of diminishing returns anyway and if i'm if i'm looking you know if i'm looking at purely from a big farmer you know trying to put myself in their shoes quite quite difficult you know <laughs> you know given given what they're like but i look at it and go well you know with the children you'd almost go well leave it where we are you're not going to get that much more with the children and actually, you know, you're going to get more bad press from it because that's where you are going to get the side effects. It's going to be hard to, you know, brush that under the carpet. Yeah. Leave it here and go on to the next one. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it's seems really funny how it's, it's weird. And, yeah. and I think, I mean, for me, this maybe goes on to something again that we, we briefly discussed as well was that that I see is that, um, you know, it, it's it's who... I mean, I'm very, very, I, th I find freedom to be one of the most important things that we have. It goes into, you know, what you were talking about in terms of autonomy mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But I see it as like, it's almost like who owns your your body? And yeah, I think this goes to the kids thing and stuff like that, yeah. you know, because, and I think it's, it's, it's marked with kids where it's almost like I thought, you know, if you've got parental responsibility that it's the parents that make the best decision for their children but that is that's eroding big time yeah, it isn't is. it yeah, right I'm, now I'm, I'm really um at the forefront of research i, I think i hope um yeah. of sort of family law issues and the erosion of uh, respect i think for parental decision making especially if yeah conflicts with the status quo so i've spoken to several parents who've had um children vaccinated under court order and i think it's probably one of the most hideous court cases you could probably come up against because parents are made to feel ridiculed by the court system and additionally uh, doctors mm. don't stand up in court for them they will only stand up in court you know for the the person vaccinating sometimes yeah. you get abusive fathers who bring um, a mother to court um and they do it because they um they have the money the legal money to, to do it and of course it goes in their favor so we we have a situation where family trust is eroding the you know the ability of law to undermine um particularly single single mums 
rights, yeah. eroding. I mean, it's 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 absolutely hideous in the UK in terms of family law at the moment. Um, and I did my dissertation on family law and medical issues in family law. So um, I, I would have to say it's quite shocking what goes on behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, doesn't it, um, Nikki, comes from... I mean, you know, what, what, what's, so, you know, going back to what I said before, you know, about, um, you know, almost feeling like you're in a cult, whereas I, I feel like the truth community, if, if I can say that in a very, very sort of wide, you know, it's quite, it's quite wide ranging, but I've noticed that as an overall rule, the thing that I notice from all the people that I discuss things with it, that actually we're quite open-minded you know we're quite and we don't feel like we've necessarily got all the answers but i i notice when you look at the other side of the argument with all of this stuff it's the closed-mindedness that i get you yeah. know the absolute closed-mindedness um yeah. that is just it's just you know nobody wants you know it's like if, if i was to go oh you know if i was to go i, I wouldn't do that well, why don't you look at this stuff and you know have a look at it and just see what you think I'm sort of getting the, the I'm getting the answer back I, I don't need to, like, it's almost like I don't need to look at like why wouldn't you want to look at it I'm quite yeah. happy actually if some scientist wants it's just I've noticed that nobody seems to manage to be able to do this if some scientist says you know gives me a load of information that me that that tells me that the vaccine is the best thing since sliced bread I mean actually it make my life a heck of a lot easier if I thought this vaccine was all all good, etc., because mm. you know it actually makes my life, uh, you know, make my life and my stress levels, etc., a lot worse. The fact that I'm I'm not trusting of these things. It's not I'm not doing it, you know, to to be awkward or to be, um, you know, obstinate. It's actually because I've just got loads of questions and it doesn't. You know, it doesn't oh, set but well. You're awkward you know? for questioning. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if I, you're awkward for questioning anything. Um, yes, I think with yeah. one of the things that um, I'd like to just briefly mention is the role of the NHS. So in the UK, we're very fortunate in some ways yeah. to have a national health service, but that also can come at a cost of you know trying to do things differently. In that, mm. you know, we, if we want to have our own kind of healthcare, if we want to ask questions, it's very difficult to do that when you've got this massive, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the UK is in a very unique situation. It's highly populated. We've got an NHS service. Everything is run and is administrated through like this national organisation. Doesn't happen like that in other countries so much. And America, it seems to be different in the way they've approached. Um, in some state so each state is unique in the way absolutely yeah yeah so some states are completely sort of free of this coercion you know if individuals want to that's up to them but you know in other states it's very highly coercive so you've got a very sort of different uh, picture emerging from different places whereas the uk it's like one full state when it comes to the nhs and so we've again we've hit this position we're in now partly because we have an nhs that is rooted in our you know understanding and in our history that we all like to support because we're all kind of very it's a very british thing um, yeah so, but it unfortunately it comes at a cost in that we also lose our autonomy the minute we give it to the nhs 
we give our bodies over yeah, to the yeah. we lose that right to decision making at, at times because sometimes we don't know how to assert who we are because one of the biggest things that i think um we need to know is who we are what our health you know what values we place upon our health how we exercise our health so i'm massively into kind of making sure our kids have good diets fresh air exercise i'm a, a trained athlete so i yeah i was a figure skater so um, all right okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel a bit like i'm trying to uh, fight losing battle at the moment because i'm old now <laughs> but um, i still like to skate i still you know and yeah. that's risk, it's a risky sport in many ways you fall you, you know you get injured absolutely yeah. yeah so who has the right to tell me what is safe for me and i think if we all had those values of our own perhaps we'd be able to assert what we valued from our nhs more you know, yeah strongly yeah it's interesting. I mean, you know, talking about the NHS, because because one of the things that I know, and this this goes back to sometimes, and certainly the media likes to play it like this, is you know a particular argument that really misses the point. So I see with the NHS this argument around public private, and it's it's sort of it, for me, it's sort of like actually it's not the argument. The argument is. It doesn't matter if something, you know, almost where something's funded from, where it comes from. Yeah. It's about having the checks and balances and the independence to have, you know, to, to be able to make the right kind of decisions. And I think, I mean, I think, that, you know, almost actually you, you mentioned America and I can see in America, you know, clearly in America, there's major, there's, there's almost other problems, right? So I see in America, you can say there's this big pharmaceutical drive, you know, with the, all of the oxys and all that kind of stuff. But having said that, you know, people, I think what's really dangerous in this country, people have this amazingly positive view of the nhs the yeah, nhs isn't it yeah. fantastic well actually it's not fantastic because what we've got a situation of now in this country which which actually comes you know it's like everything where everything is centralized same with our government etc etc relative to say again in america i mean you know i think it's great in america where it is decentralized it's been yeah. a right thorn in the side on a lot of this stuff yeah so in that respect, and what I think, what I think is quite sinister is this NHS is great because yeah. the, the reality is it isn't great in terms of it being, you don't want any organisation, public or private, being essentially managed from a central thing. I'd rather, I'd rather have, actually, rather than that, I'd rather have four or five private companies I could choose from than that. And I think there's this other idea that, you know, all of the, that every nurse and every doctor is great, is fantastic. It's like every policeman is fantastic. Well, actually, there were some really good policemen, there'll be some really good doctors, there'll be some really good nurses. But just like in every other part of life, there'll be some absolute psychopathic doctors. There'll yeah. be some psychopathic policemen. Absolutely. We're all just um, and also like when when you're like on the dealing with something emergency situation or whether you're dealing with you know the everyday run of the middle and gp surgery um the decisions you make might be affected by how many you see or how tired you are or you know any of those yeah. things could be influenced i mean um they are we're just people at the end of the day just trying to do do their jobs yeah um, i yeah. think going back to the us um they've yeah. had long long longer experience of handling pharmaceutical pressure 
from pharmaceutical industry so they're yeah. much more aware of the um you know the tricks the the advertising the schemes and they much they can be a lot more choosy with their products yeah we're so not used to it we're not used to it we know and like i say, think we've merged into this yeah, definitely. and we're all being thrown at this product and we're all snapping it up because we aren't aware of the tactics that are because we, we just haven't done that and i think as well yet. i see a lot of all you know when you get story about whatever in america in terms of the healthcare system oh that wouldn't happen with our nhs and what yeah. they don't realize is hold on you know the nhs you know it, this this idea of you know this whole argument of privatization all that kind of stuff as i said i think it's it's literally missing the point the nhs is still buying pharmaceuticals yeah from the pharmaceutical industry in the same way as any healthcare provider would do in America, et cetera. It's just, it, people are sort of missing the point. And I think that's a really good point you made that we're not used to it. We don't see that. We don't, because actually if you're in a, a society where you've got lots of healthcare providers trying to sell you X, Y, and Z, you're used to the fact that, yeah, I know what they're up to. I know what yeah. they're up to. Yeah. But with us, we're like, oh, me GP at the NHS has told me this. <laughs> that must be right, etc. Yeah. You know, we've been programmed um, to kind of welcome everything the NHS does because, of course, it's on a budget. You know, we, we yeah. just take. Um, actually, actual fact. Um, from what I know, I spoke to a, a retired GP who said that he he uh, would have the vaccine conversation with new parents. And he, but when it comes to other drugs, um, he would always go back to his trusts and look at the funding and, you know, there's a risk, risk benefit analysis and he'd do all that really thoroughly and really carefully, yeah. but vaccines came out of different pots. So we didn't have that conversation. So I don't quite know the ins and outs of COVID vaccination funding, but I bet you that they, it's probably from a different pot so that they don't have to do that risk benefit analysis to restrain the spending on the budget. So I think that's really interesting that this pressure is also because the money's just there. You know, if there was um, a sort of budget, you'd only give the vaccines to those in real, real need. And, and while I am strongly, I would never vaccinate, I'm some I am fully on board with people's autonomy. And if they fully, um, if there was, any you know if they were at risk of say respiratory conditions obesity any of those things which actually or you know old over 65 yeah. but under a certain age as well because you you shouldn't give vaccines past you know i don't know sort of nine you know your immune system decreases you wouldn't get a benefit from it so yeah if i passed a certain point you need to find out what that point well, is we can like, we can see that yeah we can my see gra that my granny-in-law she was yeah. vaccinated at 102 and i thought that's bonkers my God, you, got yeah. no, you got no evidence yeah. that it would do anything and it could cause her an early grave so i just think it's absolutely yeah. crazy so um anyway but you know there's there's a risk benefit at a certain age with a certain medical condition you think yeah okay the trade-off you know, it's, it's possibly there for those that might want it. And I, I get that. But these discussions, you know, they're not happening at all. No, and it's no. probably because they, the money is coming from a certain point, which doesn't affect the trust funds where normally risk benefit analysis would be done for any drug, for any. Well, well, absolutely. I mean, Nikki, what, what is a, what is absolutely obvious with this whole rollout <coughs> which i think i know you talked about you know other vaccines and stuff like that but possibly one of the and i'm sure it did happen with other vaccines in individual circumstances <laughs> but but what i would say nikki i think with this vaccine um and i keep calling it vaccine i mean it doesn't actually operate like a vaccine no, that's a different you know that's a different thing but 
with this vaccine, what's notable, Nikki, is there doesn't seem to be, I'm coming across no scenarios whatsoever where somebody is saying, oh, because this person, um, you know, has these particular conditions, the vaccine isn't suitable for them. Yeah. And I think, I think even, even with the pressure before on that, you know, I have known of scenarios where right, we're not going to give that child that vaccine because of a particular condition. That's not even in play now, it seems yeah. to be at all. And I've even, I mean, you, you know, some of these stories, to be fair, you don't know how verified they are, etc. But, you know, I came across one recently where, you know, somebody... Um, uh, uh, somebody was basically have has particular conditions which are one of the possible things that could be a problem with vaccine and they were actually told well you know come into hospital and stay overnight but have the vaccine you know in other oh, words gosh. in other words so we're there to make sure if something goes wrong etc as opposed to I mean, you know, that's the best that they can do. It's not actually, I mean, there's literally nobody getting, as far as I can see, not a single person getting an exemption from this vaccine as far yeah. as I'm it's, it's very dangerous. So we've, because I've seen it over 15 years and I've seen yeah. what they do to children um, and, you know, the pressure, you, you get a newborn baby just come in and they're expected to have these the vaccine oh, eight, eight weeks eight weeks is, is yeah. usual but um we at that point you don't know anything about the immunity the immune system of that child um you, you don't know enough about their long-term health you, you, there's there's very little information you have allergies things like that um and so they're just expected to do it yet there is this little small print which says oh well, if you suffer from any da, 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 but how do you know and i think we're, we're entering into this very uncertain territory where we we don't know the long-term effects from this vaccine but yeah. we're still encouraging everyone to do it and I think part of it was fear you know the medical professions found there was so much fear in terms of what they were doing to patients and they didn't they you know COVID um, as much as some areas were heavily affected other areas weren't but those that were heavily affected there was a lot of fear there was a lot of pressure the services oh, there was something going on I mean I, in our area yeah, yeah. I didn't see anything at all but in other areas it, it did seem to be a thing um, and people were kind of denying it and doing you know, COVID is not real but I think from speaking to other people on my course there was something out there so yeah I'm not going to deny I, I think... it yeah. So um, I would say that, you know, there, there was this massive fear. So it makes the coercion stronger if there's something uncertain. But to, so on, on some of the threads I've seen, there have been people who have had, you know, organ transplants who have been asked to, to have the vaccine, told they should have the vaccine. People with HIV um, and obviously people with allergies um, and immune, immune conditions such as MS or ME. And you're thinking these are the last people who should be vaccinated because of the problems with forcing something into the immune system that then overreacts and causes long-term harm and we don't know the time scale either so for, for us I know I've always um I've always known that we should never release a vaccine in a pandemic I've always known that um, yeah, and yeah. yeah this is research going back you know a few years now um where if you um jump on the fact it's pandemic and you release something, you know, into the public, um, you you couldn't really reach everyone 
if it was a genuine pandemic, it would fly through the population. So by the time you've you've marketed yeah. the vaccine, it would be useless because it's the you know anything changes or it would people have already got immunity or whatever. Um, there was some interesting I, theories in other books I've looked at. So one of the ones that um, I read about, there was an idea called ring fencing, which means you just um, take the area where the, the disease was spreading and you vaccinate those on just the outer rim so you could um, hold back on resources. Now that seemed like a, if you were to believe that vaccines were any good, that would be like a logical step. So. Yeah you could just isolate the area. So if you were doing lockdown, you isolate the area and stop the spread by vaccinating just the, the ring fencing and then controlling the thing. The problem is that vaccines can actually take quite a bit of time for the body to respond and they don't always respond. So, you know, and also who are you protecting? Because, you know, if it's the vulnerable, then you treat the vulnerable you don't always give them a vaccine because the vaccines won't work because the immune system doesn't respond like that and if it's if you're protecting you know if you're trying to stop general population from from getting the disease to stop it from spreading further then you need to vaccinate the healthy and not the sick so whatever you do with vaccine you know Mm. it doesn't really work because the healthy won't necessarily come up straight away because then you risk their health Okay. Yeah, there's, there's and, and, no and, real way of getting yeah. this right. Whatever you do, it doesn't Nikki, really work. All of these, all of these considerations that you're uh, making there, they're all things I haven't seen a single debate. We've not had any debate on the mainstream no. around those things. And I said not to you a single before, one. Um, I think I'm. I'm absolutely shocked to the ethics community. Ethics has died to me, and I am absolutely, absolutely I'm overwhelmed, yeah. stricken by grief, if you like. I, I couldn't speak, I couldn't do anything for, you know, several months went past before I felt like I could actually say or do anything. I feel like I've been totally inactivated by a community that should have created opportunities for discussion and debate, just wasn't there. One of the things I will say, the, the difference between the UK and US again, is bioethics was rooted in the US and has a much stronger history. So it was brought in like about the sort of 60s at a time when the technological revolutions were happening and medicine was kind of going forward really fast. Ethics was always supposed to, um, you know, restrain medicine and technology. The bioethics always had that duty and it's just missing. It's gone. It's, it's vanished. I'm yeah. broken. It's not, it's not had these debates. And so the things that I've been picking up from literature over 15 years of vaccine research um, and all the other stuff that's been thrown in as well with autonomy and consent, where has it gone? It's oh my God. Disaster. I mean, the thing is, Nikki, I've come at it from almost the other angle where, as, as I mentioned you before, I wasn't really, I mean, I, I would think that there's, you know, like with a, lo a lot of these things, more to these arguments. And I always knew, you know, there's people with an agenda and stuff around vaccines, but I came with it to the fact that this COVID one doesn't make sense. And then looking at the rabbit hole, or down the rabbit hole, you see some of this stuff around the other vaccines. I mean, you've been doing this research for years. Yeah. So you're like, I mean, for you, actually, you're almost like, you know, th th this is really bad. And then yeah. this comes along and you just like, it's like the whole thing's gone out the window. Yeah. You know, it's the moment lockdown 10 times was worse. Announced. You know? The moment lockdown was announced, my heart sank. I was like, this is 
the worst decision you could possibly make. I wrote to my MP, I tried, like there was nobody was listening. Um, Even people in my course, um, I just, there's nothing I can say. Um, So, you know, I'll try and come out on these podcasts. I've had a a couple now, but it's really hard to know where that platform is for real genuine ethical debate. It's just not there. Um, So in the UK, uh, so US, you know, bioethics emerged yeah. in the 60s, but in the UK, we've not had a strong bioethics kind of, um, you know, uh, dialogue. It's been medicine or law. And so this is, again, another mm. problem in that, you know, we've we've hit this COVID problem. We've not got a good bioethical system. And some of the bioethicists that are out there are genuinely very pro-medicine and pro-vaccine. So there's a famous one called Julian Savarescu. I'd love you to interview him. Yeah. <laughs> pro-vaccine. And it's like, you know, remove consent, you know, remove choice because everyone should be vaccinated. But actually, the science doesn't support that because not everyone responds to vaccines in the same way. And so his work is just not it's not suitable. It's not a suitable metaphor. But of course, everyone's buying into it. Well, I think the problem is with all of this stuff as well is is that it's the you know, for me, it's it's all about the principles of this stuff that where you go um. You know, it, it, to me, it's not just about, you know, it's it's not just about whether, you know, let's say the vaccine was the best thing since sliced bread. The, the moment you actually say everybody's got to do it, you won't look the questions with all of this stuff. Well, if this one person, you know, I mean, I'm thinking Fauci in America in particular, yeah. you know, is the obvious, you know, the obvious example where I think he, he recently said, you know, but well, he recently seemed to suggest with something that he'd said that, you know, if you're questioning, if you're questioning me, you're questioning science, you know, <laughs> Fauci is science, you know, but the reality is it doesn't matter. It's not necessarily about whether something is good or something is bad around this ethical sort of debate and around, you know, it's about for me, you know, one person, a small number of individuals, a small number of people in power being able in in a powerful position, being able to make those decisions. And then it comes down to what if that person, that group of people isn't acting with the right intentions it's almost like i mean if we have a dictator if that dictator is a really fantastic person who really wants to look after all of his subjects for want of a better expression that might be great but the next guy that comes along or the next person that comes along might not necessarily be so you've got to have it's that level of autonomy and that level of debate and openness and transparency you know, I, I find, you know, the idea that anybody would tell us regardless, almost, almost regardless of the science that you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It's a really dangerous thing because, I mean, you mentioned, you know, in terms of spirituality and stuff like that. I mean, the other thing is it's whether what is, you know, it's amazing, Nikki, we've got this whole thing where we could have, you know, re, you know, it, we, we obviously no racism obviously no, which is which is great none of us want that but yet we're we're able to say you know if somebody has a particular religion a religious objection for example on this well no that's no good so yeah. we can you know it's picking and choosing isn't it where we say this is right it's right and wrong over here but actually over here it's not and and for me it, there's a lot of hypocrisy yeah. around all of this stuff and it, it doesn't make sense to me because right. I'm all about values and principles and that kind of stuff for me. yeah 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 I mean um 
it's it really doesn't make sense the pressure other other than the pattern i've seen emerge but to have it you know yeah so strong at the moment it, it is absolutely bonkers um so um one of the things so you, you said spirituality i wouldn't mind touching yeah. on that a little bit yeah yeah definitely um, so yeah, one, yeah, of, yeah, one of the things that um i i am a christian so i i yeah i did enjoy going to church um and then you know everything with the church is closing i was heartbroken yeah. to stop going yeah. it's like you know the one thing that gives people sort of their freedom is to be able to have religious expression and we were denied it i mean yeah what on earth well and and i was gonna say so just, wrong it's so yeah. wrong to do that and nikki nikki just on that as well you know one thing i would say with this as well i mean you know without going into this too much in terms of the pandemic is that all of these things, what's made me question a lot of this kind of stuff almost outside of the principles and that kind of thing is that you know, if people were dropping dead, dropping down dead on the street everywhere, maybe there's an argument that people shouldn't be meeting and all of this kind of stuff. And to be honest, Nikki, knowing what those first few weeks of the pandemic, when nobody really knew what was going on, people would have policed that themselves. Yeah, if you really thought you you would have policed it yourself. Mm -hmm. But yet, what you know, I think you know my own experience is i know three people who died with covid not of covid with yeah. covid i know a guy who's suddenly got heart problems in his 40s never had heart problems before had the vaccination doesn't even think it's connected i mean it may not be connected but it's a bit coincidental but because yeah, these people are so, because these people are so brainwashed nicky he won't he's not going to be on those mhra stats i can go no. unless you yeah. know so you, you've got a situation where looking at the personal experience, looking at the excess deaths, looking at all of the other stuff, the reality of this, looking at the average age of COVID, et cetera, what makes me really suspicious about the whole thing is why close churches? Yeah. You know, yeah. why? Well, I mean, what they've so done is closed all the places that you can meet up, churches, pubs, you know, meeting yeah. halls, whatever. You know, because let's be honest, I sort of think if we'd been able to have open discussion in the pub, at church, in, you know, whatever other group, I think the word would have got out, this is ridiculous, yeah. much more easily than and, um, being sat in at home, you know, watching the TV, yeah. being propagandised at. <laughs> so we, we idolised the screen, didn't we? We, we didn't go and meet people, we yeah. idolised the screen. That was well, we didn't have any other option as well, did we? So yeah. to a certain yeah. extent, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I just think um, Dan Astin Gregory does the pandemic podcast. He said something really yeah. interesting. Um, he said that, you know, the last uh, protest, um, some of the things that make us human, you know, the, it's like the festival atmosphere yeah. is there. And we'd, we'd lost that connectedness. Um, yeah. So I think that was really interesting that the very things that make us human, we were denied. So what does that make us? You know, and these are the yeah. questions that you need to wrestle with. Um, <clears throat> the um, the the church is closing i mean i was i was fuming i was so i'm so angry about it yeah and i just i just done my um religious bioethics module um and i came across a really interesting bit so i'm gonna share it because it was really really um interesting yeah. so i did some work on jewish um theology the jewish ethics and there was a really um really interesting bit about the story of ruth in the bible um, where you know um, Naomi has two sons and they get married to uh, daughters 
but then famine strikes the land. And so um, the uh, Abimelech or something, I can't remember the name of the father, but anyway, the, the man who's in charge of the family takes them, uproots them and goes to a distant land, a land that isn't supposed to associate with Israel. And so the, the, uh, the man who is supposed to be a leader disappears mm-hmm. off his land and goes and finds somewhere else because there's famine in the land and eventually this man dies and his two sons die these two sons had married um uh wives and these wives survived and so naomi says i'm going to go back to my homeland uh do you want to come um, you go back to your people and they weren't supposed to be married to the israelites they were supposed to be um separated he says yeah anyway she's with these two moabites and um she says you know i'm i need to go back to my homeland i can't stay here any longer you go back to your people. So one of them goes back, but the other one, Ruth, stays. He says, your people will be my people. My God will be your God. And she goes back with Naomi and ends up marrying this man called Boaz. Who, and then they they uh, share the line of David. So most people know about King David in the Bible. But anyway, he yeah. then becomes, um, uh, you know, Jesus's line comes from David. So that's why it's a very significant story. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. But it's a very different approach from the father who left the land and went um, seeking somewhere else. And I was, it was um, interesting that the phrase um, came up in the research I was doing on Jewish ethics, that the leaders had a duty to stay on the land. There was something about the breach, the breach of walls or, the, or uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So a time of chaos and calamity, the walls are very significant in the Bible, right? Imagery of security and safety. And so that the, the breach of walls uh, was time of calamity. The leaders were supposed to help build up. If you've been given money and resources and you were part of the, the leaders of the nation, you were supposed to build them up, supposed to look after them. And so instead, this, this man goes and leaves that nation and should have stayed and so he died and the 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 sons die but this woman this ruth goes back with this mother-in-law and builds up again the the nation helps build her up it was an absolutely beautiful story but one that resonated with me because i i saw the same pattern um and i saw the calamity the financial calamity of, of the lockdown is that these leaders these businesses that are shutting these the richest had a duty to care for the lowest and they didn't they abandoned they shut places they stopped businesses they stopped trading and they left and and they gave up everything and and abandoned ship so we've got so yeah. much more poverty um and and obviously schools closing as well so the 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 weakest the most vulnerable and the the lowest in society were treated like nothing and yet the ones that had you know they'd already got pensions they were already secure they had you know retirement those just did not support the youngest yeah absolutely so, yeah so this this metaphor of this lovely biblical story um that i found in, in this spiritual text um comes back to well the leaders had a duty of care of the people and when they abandon it god gets angry he doesn't like it yeah <laughs> so yeah I was like, um, this really, it, it was really I'll tell you where I find that interesting. I mean, what is interesting? I mean, I do find, I do well, find everything. Just open for that, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, no, I was going to say. <laughs> no, I do, yeah, I agree with that. And, I, I, you know, in terms of the church and stuff, I do find it, um, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very disappointed with a lot of people, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I'm not, 
I'm, you know, I'm not, as, as I've mentioned you before, I'm not some big activist guy. I, if I'm honest, I'm not some big, you know, in terms of, you know, th- things, chari- you know, charity and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I feel like, a, you know, a calling, if you like, for, you know, what is going on and, you know, what is happening to other people, but probably because it's it's close to me and stuff. But I'm, I'm really disappointed in a lot of people for... You know, I mean, for me, I feel like it's a minor thing, but I'll go to the shop without a mask on because I'm making a point and I might be the only person, but I've got to make that point. Because if I don't make that point, who's going to make that point? I'm not actually doing it for myself. You know, I don't, it doesn't really matter, you know, if I have to wear a mask for that 15 minutes, that's not why I'm doing it. I want other people to to see that, that, they can have their own freedom too, you know? Yeah, I think that's and, important. And I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, think, and I think, you know, in terms of, you know, from a, a spirituality perspective, I mean, I do find it quite, you know, you, you've always got people, you know, if you like, they sort of believe what, you know, people on the TV tell them and blah, blah, blah. But, but actually, when things are really remote from you, in a way, there's an element, well, does it matter if you know the full truth? But I think now it's so in our faces, it's just, I find it, and it, and it's, and it, I mean, it's so hidden in plain sight now, Nikki. Yeah. Like the whole thing, like you, you, if you, even if you only watch the mainstream and you see them say this, this week, this, this week, this, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve for you know you know etc etc and you look at this stuff and you go that would make me want to ask questions but there's all these people out there who don't want to ask questions they don't want to and I don't know you know as I I do find it very biblical and I, I think you know I'm sure from your perspective as well Nikki I mean what's been disappointing just as in every other area of life but you know from a religious standpoint there's a number of religious leaders really disappointing in terms of what they you know what they've said with regard to the vaccine etc which I'm sure I'm sure you would agree in terms of that and you've got you know and uh, but you know it's not just it's it's sort of almost every religion as far as that's concerned and it's almost every but I don't know you know in terms of this this there's clearly an agenda out there around these things and clearly you know with I mean what's what's your views on you know what's your views on the sort of you know this vast majority of people I mean we have to say there's a majority of people who are pretty brainwashed by this stuff you know I mean I don't know how much the majority is you know relative but there's a lot of people basically What's your take on it? And I'd be interested, you know, from a spirituality perspective as well, not just a... Um... Yeah, um, so um, we've we've obviously come away from our religious kind of um, background. And um, as much as the churches uh, were part of the state control and, and told people what to do in a similar way, so yeah. I don't want to take too much of it, but they did give the right to to question a lot more so they they withheld the the technology you know they they restrained humanity in a certain way um and also the religious um religious speech gives people the metaphors and myths so we had a lot of myths 
that you know helps us to understand the deeper truths so we've stepped away now um in our sort of modern scientific era um and we will believe what science tells us whatever that is which isn't always true so yeah yeah um, but our myths now are you know um, they're different they're different so well, they gave us nikki they gave us a moral framework and just yeah, on that exactly. I, mean, I remember you know exactly. i remember i remember at school you know stories like you know take the story of the good samaritan well i mean it's not it's actually the story of the good samaritan right is you, you don't have to you don't necessarily have to be um a christian to understand the values yeah. of that story you don't necessarily have to think that's a literal story in yeah. fact a lot of christians will say well it's not necessarily a literal story yeah. but the reality is it's the moral frameworks the values that a story like that as, a, as one example gives they, they you, were guidance it? weren't they so you know yeah. whether they were they weren't absolute truth because they transcended truth they were like yeah. they were bigger than just truth literal truth they they were yeah. much deeper and bigger the science couldn't even touch those bigger metaphorical truths and this yeah. is what we're missing and this is why uh, we cannot restrain the technology anymore i mean it's become so monumentous and um out of control so it's interesting i'm a ta at a school i just do two days a week and we've just covered yeah. the book um frankenstein and um the drive for the science so victor frankenstein makes this monster yeah brings him to life but yeah, yeah, yeah. to make something so significant overruled his humanity and we, i think we've we've created this frankenstein situation and part of it is because we hadn't got those myths to restrain us we haven't got our spirituality to hold us in the bioethics debate isn't there because we're not set up for it in the uk um you know we stick with medicine you have to have a moral framework yeah, you have to have a moral framework to take yeah. that and we've use it for ethics. Yeah. And we've yeah. got our you know, roots in consumerism. As I've said before, we've got this mass coercion and we live in our screens. So, you know, this is not um, a surprise, but it is a grieving process for me seeing how far we've fallen and knowing that the very texts and things that are supposed to restrain and support us from an ethical perspective, from a religious and spiritual perspective, they have they've they've been overlooked and we have, are not using them appropriately so yeah we've got the good samaritan people remember these bible stories for a reason also jesus himself was a, a moral rebel he really uh, yeah. stood out from the crowd but he lived like the lowest you know he didn't roll over he was part of the crowd and so the people that are risking their necks are the of the kind of jesus metaphors that we need and they're the ones being yeah. violated in terms of what, what we're seeing and is um you know that the ethics is supposed to restrain that it's supposed to add, add that balance there's something it. very there's something yeah there's something very biblical isn't there about yeah. the people who are fighting for you know what i i sort of believe is you know pretty universally the right thing that's not fighting for yeah. for us to do one thing or another but have the freedom to choose to do it, you know, to do the right thing for ourselves and for the people around us. That's what we almost sort of, that sort of thing is what we're fighting for. And it's made, it's so biblical because these same people would, you know, we're essentially being persecuted in society yeah. to varying yeah, yeah. degrees, you yeah. know, as a result of this. And, you know, you see anyone speak out about, you know the 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 status quo at the moment even if they're a very qualified scientist or or, or whoever they may be and they're being vilified their whole yeah. career is being vilified and you go you know that's quite 
you know, that is actually get, takes you back to a lot of very much, you know, the, the myths and the stories of a lot of religious texts, doesn't it? And, even, and, even and before that, so we had Socrates, yeah. who, who was like, you know, the most amazing thinker. And, yeah. and, you know, what happened to him? He said, well, you know, don't treat these people like that. And yeah. um, he said, you know, the, the warriors that lost the battle, don't kill them. <laughs> it's not their fault. And it yeah. was assumed to be sort of part of the, making the gods angry or something like that. I don't know for sure, like all of it. But yeah, no, just, he, was, he was killed. He was yeah. poisoned and he accepted his fate. And I think, you know, it's crazy that exactly the same. We haven't learned from history. And that's part of part of what's missing is that historical kind of you be careful because we're treading on what we've done before we've made these yeah. mistakes I mean even look at World War II and Nuremberg Code because we've made those mistakes but it, you know it's happened time and time and time and also again. and also Nikki what what I mean going on those cycles like it feels for me that if if you take religion as an example the the, the thing that was was almost a, a, a problem with religion was where you had these power institutions and individuals that people would just unquestionably, you know, uh, uh, but it's like it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater with yeah. that. But yet, Nikki, we're doing exactly the same thing with these and it, with these selected scientists. Like yeah, for me, it's reversed, isn't it? But it's it's reversed, pattern. but it's the same thing. Yeah, it is exactly so what the we're thing. doing in twenty twenty one. Is you know if you're in America you're worshiping Fauci if you're here you're worshiping some like Chris Whitby or something like that or whatever, but but yet we've thrown religion out, yet you know as in the same way we're, we're worshiping them as potentially maybe a hundred years ago people were worshiping the Pope, yeah, and it's the same yeah. thing and it's the same ultimate problem, but you know the the, the fact is that just because you know, some people across, you know, the across thousands of years have, you know, subverted the Bible for their own ends. You know, you've now got people subverting science for their own ends. Absolutely. So science becomes science becomes religion. And in both in both, Nick, you don't throw religion out with a bathwater. You don't throw science out with a bathwater. The the reality is that you've got to, and it's the, I, I do find this heroes and villains scenario, mm-hmm. it's not, a, you know, it feels like everything is, you know, it's almost like Biden, hey, Trump, you know, yeah. it's that kind of stuff, yeah? It's like human. a pantomime. <laughs> and actually, you know, if you've got, you know, if you've got, and, you know, you, you'd, I, I, mean, I was like, you know, watching like, I think Biden made this 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 statement where he said, you know, all the people in America, the guns and stuff. Well, we've got F-15s and nuclear weapons. Can you imagine if Trump had said that? Mm. that you know, you, nice. you, and you look at this stuff and people have to go. It feels like people can't, you know, just like probably they couldn't 100 years ago. But to be fair, you know, where they were, you know, illiterate, not going to school, et cetera. But they're doing exact. People are doing exactly the same thing. Where they're not going, they're not taking things and going. I'm going to analyze that and go. Well, what he said there was wrong. Actually, what this person who I'm supposed to think is a villain. Well, actually, I agree with what he said there or what he's done there. And we're not. You know, we 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 seem to struggle, Nikki, as well, to sort of go. Well, this particular individual is not a hero or a villain. He's imperfect, like every other human being. You know. That, that not it's like not everything JFK do, did was fantastic, you know. But it's it it's it, it's 
it's looking at people in terms of right overall you know looking at each decision that they've made and go, go do, do i agree with that is that done in the right you know with the right basis you know yeah, i mean people um i think people were very critical of the church and rightly so i mean there was a lot of hideous things that happened but also they they do forget that there was a lot of good and it gave people a lot of hope and there was a lot of like charity distribution in poverty areas a lot of very hard working individuals a lot of the stories that of, yeah. of poverty and salvation um and hope came from you know the slums from from poverty from you know just people in the very lowest of life but people also it through religious faith were taught about um hope till the very end you know taught about um, life after death and hanging on for that and now what are our metaphors well okay you might end up in the ventilator uh yeah. you know the, the new metaphors are there's no death there's just ongoing suffering so you know what yeah we gotta we gotta vaccinate everyone we've got to do this we've got to do this to try and if you're hoping in a, in a vaccine as your end of life care and salvation and not a god that has another plan then that i think is a very worrying thing that transition from one kind of okay religious dogma yes scientific dogma there's two there's and I have to say if that's the way you're going if that's the way society's yeah. going I don't want a part of it because I, no, I agree with you. the I religious agree with you. metaphors had a lot stronger be, towards the end of life and we should have kept those churches open we should have kept the spiritual messages going because people who needed it to, to have hope at the end of their lives were denied it that's the very thing the churches can do was was yeah. missing and it was actually a very very dangerous thing and it's it's i think it's it's wrong. interesting nikki as well when you look at the people within you know if, if you like within that sort of truth you know truth seeking type community for one of the better expression is mm -hmm. that people are you know i would say most of us it's it's a spiritual dimension to yeah. that yeah, yeah there is like, definitely. So not not everybody's christian not everybody's but everybody's everybody's is a spiritual dimension there's a, um, you know, I actually think it's people have become more spiritual, not in a very dogmatic way, but in very much, a, you know, in, in very much of it, it's a feeling there's, there's, there's more to it than this, yeah. that this can't be what it's all about. And like you say, almost if, if that's what it was all about, you'd be like, what's the really point, wouldn't you? Because you're looking <laughs> yeah. at it and you go, but, you know, you, you sort of, you know we can feel that that that's there and and almost you know it's it's everything that's going on is so um you know it it it's very much you know really like trip i mean god there's some some crazy stuff that i've sort of seen going about you know like this there's there's, uh, there's a load of birds that were dying all over various states in america yeah, more i don't know whether you saw that and loads of news stories you know it's not and you look at all these strange, crazy things going on in the world mm. and you go, there's something and it, it, it definitely feels, I mean, for me, it feels like, you know, I'm looking at it. I mean, it, there's certainly quite a lot of fear there. Yeah, certainly. And the Bible um, says perfect love casts out fear. And so the main, the, all the Christians that shut their churches in fear, I mean, I'm, like, I'm so angry. Yeah. Um, but the... You know the church. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Nick. I was just saying my my fear is almost as well. You know, from my perspective, it's not. I don't have fear for like I, I sort of feel like you, you've got to do everything that you can do to fight against this, right? But I'm still fearful for like me and my child. But I'm not good. But not to the extent that I'm not going to do that. 
right? Mm-hmm. Not to the extent I'm going to acquiesce. It's worrying the fact that if you're going to fight, where are you going to end up? But I know yeah. I've got to fight. You know, yeah. I know I've got to do what I can do in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been absolutely astounded that um, the, the the people who are waking up, they've sort of got this amazing spirituality, this energy to them, and it's really exciting yeah. to see. So, I, you know, again, going church is closing. These people that are emerging in faith, a very new thing is coming through. Um, but yeah. we're going to lose the churches and the, you know, yeah, it was an institution, but there was some good stuff to it, and it could guide yeah. people through that spiritual journey. They're going to be gone. And it's also not attractive either because of um, you know, you know, going along with the agenda. So what what is it there in terms of Christian faith and bringing these newcomers into some kind of spiritual direction, whatever that looks like? It doesn't even have to be particularly strongly Christian, but certainly there's a um, you know, Jesus said that you know the harvest is ripe and the fields are white. We need, yeah, I mean, we the, need the, something, be, but yeah. it's not. Well, it's I, not I think it's moment. I would say, Nikki, it sort of goes a little bit wild. I mean, you 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 touched upon it. Like I was at that, that, I think I was at the protest probably that you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. And what, 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 was, what was incredible about it is that, you know, within your own local community, we're all so disparate. There's one person here, one person here, one person here, et cetera. And you feel disparate. You, you know, all of these people around you are, you know, there's no talking to them about it. And then you go to the protest and there's, there's hundreds of thousands of people in the same boat as you and what was incredible you know despite despite whatever they said on the mainstream everyone is pretty much broad you know there's not little disagreements between people on different things a it's too important and b what what we're fighting for is is you know we're fighting for the ability to choose we're fighting for freedom etc etc you know we're, we're fighting for the same things watching the protests in france we're fighting for exactly this. You know, they're saying liberty, we're saying freedom it means the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. we're all, you know, we're all fighting for those things. And they're trying to stop us getting together, meeting, which by its very definition, Nikki, is hard because we're disparate. Yeah. yeah. You know, because because and I know what you're saying in terms of like opening the churches, etc. The problem that you would have with with the church being open at this point now, um, is you're going to have loads of people still on that that are just completely brainwashed with it. And it's difficult, you know, you sort of want to meet. You want to be able to sort of meet as like-minded people with this spiritual dimension because I sort of think, you know, that there will be some people, like I'm concerned with all of this and this, you know, complete sort of devotion to science, you know what does that do to your spiritual yeah. part of it? And I'm actually, I'm, I actually fear that in terms of you know if they were to sort of force it, etc. Because we we sort of don't know, you know, we don't know what the side effects are. We don't know, you know, with some of this stuff around the magnetic stuff, you, you, yeah, you just worry about all that kind of stuff. So it 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 does feel definitely that there needs to be. Um, it's difficult getting a structured like movement together and it is what we need and the spirituality part for me plays a big part in that definitely so certainly um as in in the early church the acts the book of acts talk about disciples meeting together and sharing everything together i certainly see that whatever movement will come will be a lot closer knit very small kind of 
groups doing things together yeah. growing food working together and i think that will that will blossom into something very exciting if people can grasp that vision and make it very yeah. spectacle uh, a mix of different faiths if you like people working together to to share i think that ethical dialogue will be part of that too which would be really interesting if that can be uh, grown um alongside kind of um, working yeah. together so debating whilst working whilst being community um, those kind of uh, concepts emerging together where, whereas instead you know church traditionally was you know yeah. pulpit and community it, I don't think that's going to work anymore going from this point forward yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, the way we worked has pretty much died and it's in you know we should, but that, yeah and exactly we need to be sat there discussing you know the morals the ethics of various things as opposed to because it's amazing how many people say oh we you know i'm supposed to do that because i'm told i've got to do that yeah. by these politicians well that's not that's not even having an ethical debate with yourself right. is it you know it comes back to this finding autonomy so if we're gonna um, yeah. try and teach people to be free from the system um that is a big factor in autonomy um we have to then think about the whole culture and community that we're then fostering which involves yeah. looking in inwardly at our values and our goals and things, as well as fostering a community that can actually sustain um, complete autonomous from the state. Yeah. So completely self-sufficient communities that foster that, you know, real genuine commitment to autonomy. That is something, that's a yeah. vision I have that would just be amazing. No, and I, I, and so I agree hard, with yeah. that. Yeah, I can see, Nikki, so for me, I almost think, like, you know, and I'm just throwing these percentages out there, we don't really know what they are, but if, you know, if we've got, if we've got 10% of people, if you like, that are wide awake, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 you know, I saw a little thing where it was just, okay, if we've got, you know, 5% of people running the world and making all of this happen that's going on, for example, right, and we've got 10% of people that are wide awake on the other side. At the moment, we've got 5% of the people, look at my maths here, is uh, <laughs> with the other, you know, almost basically, basically the 85% are just following whatever they say. What we've almost got to do is we've got to get all these people in the middle to sort of not follow us in a dogmatic sense, but we need to teach all these people who are blindly following to actually, you know, be be following some, you know, moral values in the future so that we don't get ourselves into this situation. Probably that's where you were quite right, that I think the Bible and religious texts allowed, you know, that was actually quite a crucial thing in what people used to follow mm -hmm. in terms of these, you know, myths, stories, whatever. Now we haven't got that. We've got to rebrit. We've got to try and bring that that back, but without the without the because you know you mentioned obviously all of the, the the sort of negative stuff around the church, but it's not actually around the the the, the religious texts themselves, is it? It's to do with the fact that right throughout history, whether it's religion, whether it's politics, whatever it is, you've got some individuals with their own agenda subverting these things i mean the romans did it from very early very yeah early yeah time. the romans took it um, and took it different yeah, yeah so we had um there was i think some kind of uh, there were two approaches to christianity it was like the celtic yeah. more, um 
natural approach, uh, very um, liturgical uh, rhythms to the day. And then you had the Romans yeah. that came in with, you know, um, kind of more of a leadership and congregation stance and you had to do more what yeah. the, the leader says. And um, But it was rooted in their masculinity and in, in their uh, warrior yeah. kind of image. And so our churches were, you know, like you say, subverted in, in, a, in a slightly more negative way. Um, and and the, the messages of the culture again seeped in then as they do now, which is our consumerism and our Western culture. And you know, even back in Victorian times, I think some of the problems that we saw um, within regards to the Industrial Revolution they affected churches in the same way. You know, um, yeah. the the um, leaders and the the people in charge were the ones that owned the factories and were you know they were you know creating a slavery. Oh yeah, were they, they essentially? You know, I mean, I'm putting always this, the church yeah. supported yeah, those I'm, putting, things. I'm putting this simplistically, but what they basically did, didn't they? Is they basically essentially said to people, right? Well, you know, if you want to get to heaven, you need to work you really, really work. hard. So, I mean, every every kind of era has had, you know, any of these little, but always, always there is a small root which denies those things and has kept preserved a kind of um, message which has been uncorrupted. And and I think, again, now we're seeing some of some of those little roots coming through. Um, but they're not necessarily from the Christians. They are from other people who they are really? yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, Honestly, it's very, I interesting. very interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot of people, I mean, I'd include myself in this, there's a lot of people really looking at this from the, from the point of view of, yeah, a very, you know, a more spiritual angle, but more so, you know, and uh, more so than they've ever really considered yeah. those things before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's, you know, certainly when you look at sort of almost the very active people against it, very much, um, you, you know, very much that's a, that's a real commonality. So it's interesting in terms of what, I mean, I, you know, it, it, in terms of what happens with that. And, you know, and, and I think we all, I think we all sort of hope, if you like, you know, the hope stroke thing, you know, whichever, that, 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 you know, by doing whatever we can to, to, you know, protect our freedoms and all that kind of stuff, that there will be that break, you know, there will be that sort of, um, that help when we need it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, and it certainly, I found it like really transformative over the last however many months. As, as you realise, you know, you look in behind the veil, you yeah. realise there's a massive agenda here you, you, you know, first of all, you know, you, you go, you, you start to go down the rabbit hole and you're going, oh, it's big farmer money or it's this or it's that. And before you know, you know, there's a massive agenda here. There's far more than that because, you know, it doesn't make sense for it to be just that. And you go further and further into it and you realize you, you go, well, th- there's something, you know, some bigger forces at work, et cetera, whatever it is. Uh, and I always like to sort of say, in, you know, in sort of a, 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 an almost like quite questioning way, because I don't have the answers and stuff. But, you know, it, it's a feeling in terms of what these things, you know, what the situation is. Am I making sense? You know, yeah, you know he's I mean? getting late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably just not. Um, I think, um, see, I, I know people talk about the agenda, but I don't like yeah. to, to fully immerse myself in that because I want to stick with what I know. And there's things you know, yeah. you know, and there's things that you kind of on the side, yeah, like, yeah. they might yeah. be true, they might not be, but it doesn't, doesn't take away from the fact that something yeah. strange is occurring 
and I can see the patterns that have led to it, um, whether it's somebody else's agenda, whether people are just in exactly the same kind of wheel of motion mm. with vaccines, with medicine, with um, materialism and having a quick fix it approach, those could all come into it without an agenda necessarily. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there is clearly something. But I think that, I agree. But, there's something, you know, but there's something, I think, you know, it's almost like there's something not quite right. There's not something, something not quite right about it. You know, just, um, just the way, just actually the way everybody's following it, you know, so because I think for me, probably because you look at some of this stuff and it's, as I mentioned before, it's sort of hidden in plain sight in that, you know, one minute they're saying this thing, next minute they're saying another thing, next minute they're saying another thing. And yet, and yet everyone's going, okay. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, it's like a black, you know, it's, 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 I mean, you, you used the word earlier, the spell. Yeah, it is like a spell. And it's it, what's weird is that um people are much more able to express what they think on a Facebook post, but can't walk out of the door without having to obey everything. <laughs> We're all yeah, self-professed, yeah. self-professed experts on Facebook. When it comes to outside, we don't want to yeah. say anything, don't want to don't want to make any sort of commitments to to trying to think for yourself. So it's very yeah. interesting how the debate is it's not it's not true or honest it's kind of on facebook or you know instagram or whatever it's not yeah, it's, not yeah. a, it's a pseudo debate it's, it's the same way um autonomy is a pseudo autonomy it's a kind of fake it's not quite real it's it's really strange it's a really strange um shift so 15 years ago when i started researching the vaccine debate yeah. that wasn't there it was okay what you found it was not much out there there was a few books there was a few texts there was a few websites when you found them it was easy enough to know that that was then. But now, because everyone's kind of able to manipulate everything, what you see is ne- it's never quite certain what's genuine or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're so, in a post-truth world, aren't yeah. we? Where it, it's, it's so difficult. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I see, you know, there's, there's so much stuff on the fringes. And quite honestly, you know, there's things that you just go, I'm really dubious about that. I'm really dubious about that. But I think, you know, I've sort of almost got to the, come to the conclusion, Nikki, you almost get to the point where you're going, that doesn't make sense. I've got questions about that. I've got questions about that, you know, and, and I see things almost in terms of potentially like, you know, questions or degrees of possibility yeah, or right. things where you can yeah. almost go, I'm taking that circumstantial evidence. And I think, this may well happen, not certainly, but I sort of think this may well happen or this may be the case. Mm-hmm. And you're almost looking at it from the point of view of, 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 of you know, a private detective rather than a court of law, aren't you? Yeah, you know, yeah. you're just trying to investigate <laughs> and do it that way, aren't you? Yeah, so rather we're all kind than... of in that. I think we're all kind of investigating it for ourselves, but there's not that common kind of actual spoken um arguments and debates and, and actual political thinking and you know together and i think that's part of yeah. you know we're talking about communities churches uh, groups and clubs that were closed those were the places where you'd have those nitty-gritty absolutely they've got rid of the public yeah they've got rid of the public congregations and then what they've Paris also cafes, done that was where you had yeah. before, where you know simone de Beauvoir and sarto would have and they've put it on together. To, i think they, they've then sort of you know shifted to the fringes of you know yeah. social media or whatever and one of the problems that i see as well i mean it's almost like you know you can do a zoom meeting of five or six people right it's really you can't have you know five thousand people on a telegram group and yeah. actually get anything done 
Yeah, yeah you, when you, do, you, you know what I mean? And that's the, that's the real difficulty. And what you need to have is you need to have 5,000 people in a... And, and actually, I think that's why, you know, in a lot of respects, this is why I sort of think in America, they've got a more, you know, a more positive situation with this because, you know, whether or not they're following one side rather than the other side and the dangers of that, they can get that many people congregating in a scenario where we're struggling, there's no organisation on our side. And I think, you know, you look at it politically and everything. I mean, you've got you've got a Labour Party that pretty much do exactly the same as the Tories. Well, yeah, got because no saying politically, that, politically um, you need a strong opposition <clears throat> to, yeah. to have any effects. And because they've both done exactly the same thing, both agreed with each other. There's nothing in opposition. So. Which I find suspicious, by yeah, the way. I find it suspicious. If not necessarily, but, you know, you look at it and you go, I mean, you know, from the Labour Party's perspective, you know, you what's the point? If you're going to agree with everything yeah. that the government do, you know, you are never getting it. You're not getting in as long as you're going down that route. No mm. chance are they getting in with, mm. with that. So it's like, oh, you know, it sort, of, it's, it sort of starts to like, you know, and that's where, and I don't necessarily think, you know there is some master plan in terms of that but then you look at that and there's so many things they build up where you go hmm that doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense that mm. doesn't make sense which makes you start thinking there's something very strange there's an agenda whatever and going down that route it's all the bits that just don't add up around this stuff um, yeah yeah it is, it, is, uh, it is strange i mean um going back to some of the earlier points about um why why try and push the very last few who haven't vaccinated into a yeah. and they lose the yeah. jobs and things like that there there is something really strange for and and to try and map that now i think would be impossible i mean the only thing i can think of would be really sort of id digital id is is where it's heading um and that would be um i'm i'm hoping it will stop i'm hoping it will become so much obvious because the the it, it just won't happen yeah. yet but I think at some point in the future, it may well do. And um, what people will do with that, I, I don't know. Um, certainly from the ethic, bioethics stuff that we've seen come through, there has been a lot of technology that, you know, from, from in terms of both genetics and neurological, the very small sort of uh, minor changes that you can do. Uh, you can put in an implant in the brain to stop a seizure, that kind of thing. Um, how, how much that is going to be affected by the COVID vaccine rollout and how much easier is it to coerce people into doing things for their bodies that sometimes might be good like yeah, yeah. sometimes might be harmful and and unfortunately you know in very much like the frankenstein book we don't always have the knowledge ahead of the destruction that comes this all this always a uh, inverted commas noble reason yeah that's our that's our myth thing, actually i think it? the frankenstein book yeah. is a good modern myth to, to use it, it, it really is isn't it because it is, absolutely yeah. yeah so what what um restraint do we have going forward to stop someone who is all out sold out to the science community to do good and to to do whatever they can do but actually some of those things can have negative effects so um, 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 we need to put in this restraint back into the debates and discussion. I've got no idea how, and that's my biggest puzzle. Um, so I've going back to history. I've got one point I wanted to bring up okay, in that. Um, so back in the fifties, there was this uh, competition between virology and um, toxicology, and virology won because of the polio epidemic. 
but it was never necessarily a virus. It was possibly toxin, but because of viruses. Oh, this is the oh. virus versus terrain theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argument, so it's, it's way it? off. It's really off. Um, so, and one of the um, very interesting book by Ed Hooper, I've got it in front of me, called The River, investigated the source of AIDS in Africa and may well have been an experimental polio vaccine used out in Africa. Uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't easy to pinpoint that because it took many years before the effects of the vaccine came through the next generation. So because we haven't learned our lessons in history, this could well happen again. And of course, you know, if we're all supporting vaccine ideology, we won't yeah. see the damage done. And this is what I'm worried about. And I think Judy Mikovits has, has mentioned the HIV issue. Um, and other people have said you can't manufacture HIV vaccines for the similar reason and you can't do it with COVID um, but of course they've, they've done it anyway as uh, so there have been warnings that haven't been heeded and so back in the 50s so 1950 um, experimental vaccine was released and we didn't see the effects for 10 years or so at least mm. longer yeah. and then this swathes of people were dying and young children were catching we were getting um, AIDS um, and HIV and things and so we 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 have the lessons in history for those that have been you know studying it yeah. we do have warnings about vaccines but the problem is isn't it it's the power interests and mm -hmm. and, and it's really interesting I mean god and we're short-sighted as well we're very I tell you what, Nikki, honestly you, you, yeah because I could talk to you about this all day <laughs> myself because the funny thing is I've you know I've, I've read quite a bit in terms of for example a lot of archaeological stuff you know with you know there's this accepted idea you know humans were basically going going about in, you know living in caves and blah blah up until whatever it was you know six thousand years ago or whatever and the reality is that they keep you know they found gobekli tepe in turkey which is actually ten thousand years old and it, it and and that that doesn't add up with their model but they just get oh that's an exception throw it to the side so it happens in archaeology happens in physics and stuff where there's these theories that we've taken as acceptance as as, as accepted you know the, a lot of these things are theories rather than being actually backed up but and actually you know history tells us as well with some of these theories is that where you actually make some progress is sometimes where you go right we're back to square one in this so if you look at quantum physics and stuff like that all of that stuff doesn't make sense with a lot of the other stuff. And we still can't make head and the tail of it. Mm -hmm. And part of that could be because we've got all our theories wrong and, and you, you, you around that kind of stuff. And I think that's something that right the way across the board, we've got this problem that some of these things, I think partly due to funding and power and credibility, you know, nobody likes to admit they're wrong and it, no, even no. that kind of stuff, yeah. that you've got all these things. I mean, if you look at the climate change thing and stuff like that, there's so many things that almost build up a, a really unhealthy acceptance. This is definitely the case. And, and actually, often go and this is where i mean you can almost see some synergies for the climate change thing as well so with the climate change thing you've got this situation where that's taking precedence over any other environmental concern so you can be 
doing all this electric electric cars and then what do you do with the electric batteries afterwards yeah you know but you know and and there's no consideration and 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 similarly you've got that same situation with these vaccines isn't it where it's this relative you know forget everything else and you can see the power interest going back to what you say nikki before about you know vitamin d exercise diet you know it, it, all of those kinds of things all of the 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 natural things that we can get that that you know that would also have a positive impact and stuff you know we've seen the hydroxychloroquine and vermectin thing where there's no money to be made so nobody really wants to talk about it in a lot of regard rather than even you know debate the effectiveness and you can see all of it, it it's just dangerous times in terms of all that kind of stuff and it really needs to be completely knocked down doesn't it I think. yeah it does i mean it's it's um we've, what we've done is we've created um an opportunity to invest in technology that's bigger than it needs to be yeah and once you open that door you don't close it because technology doesn't do that you open you open, yeah. you open and once it's open you don't shut it so IVF so we talked about we talk about IVF a lot in you know in our bioethics yeah. classes um you know you start opening your door to certain couples certain um, procedures it gets more complex but then people start having rights to it because you might you know yeah. and so the door opens and it opens quite wide and so yeah. we're doing the same thing so we've made it so much more complicated than what it really needed to be because only certain groups of people were at ever risk and so we've we've had no restraint um, yeah. you know in accordance to what was needed I'm talking about this risk benefit analysis um you know there are certain people which may have been more at risk it may have been worthy having something around but actually there are basic treatments out there that was probably enough but no 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 we had to have a vaccine we had to have the solution and it had mm. to be Britain that started it didn't it yeah yeah <laughs> no. and, the, and, the, and the thing and, and there has to be like a, there has to be a moral framework that comes you know, that comes from individuals that that almost um, sort of creates a moral framework for us all, isn't it? It mm. come, you know, and 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 it feels at the moment that you know the real. I mean, what is really concerning, actually, outside all the vaccine stuff, etc. When you look at, you know, the way technology is advancing so quickly, that you know what's really noticeable for me. There's so little moral framework. Yeah. That you know, it, it, talking about bioethics, you know, I'm concerned obviously now with the vaccine and certainly having a child, in, you know, with and the, the considerations around that. But then if you look and you take this further and you go, you know, at what, you know, we've clearly not got much of a moral framework to debate this. No, so what about the next thing uh, across that? And it does, it does feel, Nikki, at the moment that we're in, we're in almost a, you know, uh, we're in a bit of a battle here. We're in a bit of a war that I think, you know, if we sort of don't win this, win the argument, you know, whatever that, that it's, um, um, you know, it's opening the, for me, it's not just about this, is it? It's about the next thing and the next thing and the next yeah. thing and the next and thing. Me, it's, it's, it's a direct travel. That. Yeah. It's always yeah. Been about yeah. that. So in the minute you start saying, um, you know, you, you open up the technology, 
and then there's people who create that demand well then technology makes the demand of us back again yeah so i think um the the thing that i was very captivated by in in my ethics uh training especially looking at the religious bioethics was the monastic approach which says actually anything in the world is corrupted by kind of power and money so the only way to deal with that is to completely get away from all of that and so we were talking about the small communities earlier definitely think the monastic tradition steps out from those power struggles and says actually we claim our own independence from anything to yeah do i remember that. listening to somebody who sort of said i think you know and i think it came down to you know i think it came down to tribes but yeah. there's there's a there's an optimum number of people that are up to and i can't remember what, what it was it might have been like a thousand people or five I, I can't remember how many but it was almost like as long as you're up to this amount of people you can create the right kind of institutions whereby you you, you can have like it, it, it's not easy for somebody to subvert it because you, you've got yeah. that but as soon as you go above that it's you know and it almost goes back full circle to the nhs etc you know if you think that you know nhs you know probably over a million people employed well you the, the ability for corruption within that the ability yeah, for wastage and everything you, you just it. can't you no, know, it you can't come right back down if we're going to actually help solve problems i mean having having a service available for emergency you know situations is a fantastic thing but for everything else and um margaret mccartney talks about sort of screening and sex up medicine and i think well the more you have the more you sell the more demands created yeah. I mean, it's it's all based on it. Um, and I tell you what, Nikki, just while while it's it's certainly imperfect in lots of ways, but you look at the American Constitution, the way that it works within states and with 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 local power. Obviously, you've got really bad examples of that, where you've got local power doing all sorts of horrendous stuff. Yeah. But it does enable, you know, what is what is really what is really interesting in America, I think, at the moment, is there are there are basically communities, there are states that are going down a completely, you know, not having that kind of approach yeah. because they've got that local, there's, there's, there's an element, it's certainly completely imperfect, there's plenty of corruption, et cetera, but there's an element of local empowerment. And I do, I, I totally see that as part of whatever the sort of solution has to be it's got to be based upon local empowerment hasn't it it's, it's, yeah. but as soon as you get into and the argument is and i think i mean i don't even think this necessary conspiracy as such is clearly with the global lockstep of everything that's happened there's clearly a desire to go to a new almost like global type arrangement um by at least some people in the elite or, or in power. And I think, you know, it's almost going the opposite direction of where, you know, where, what we're talking about. And I think it's on, along these sorts of lines that the battle is actually. Yeah, so if you have any anyone that is um, in a leadership position is constructed yeah. by power. And so the monastic tradition is to try and, yeah, they did have power struggles and things, but generally yeah. the part was, to to get away from that power struggle and you know yeah all right sit at a teacher's feet but you also have to work the land and, and survive yeah. um but you're also connected to nature as well so um we would have to going forward if things keep going the way they're going and i see it as probably a likelihood yeah. we're going to have to think carefully about where our allegiance lies and if we can step outside it 
I would grasp it with two hands and I'm I'm not in a position to do it which freaks me out so much because I don't know yeah. what the future holds um well I think there's a lot of people like you, a lot of people Nikki and you know include myself in that similar situation where you're not you know it, it's not something that we've necessarily thought was likely to happen before so quick you, know, you come around it's so quick yeah and I think it's it's you know what what makes me sort of think actually that that I think it's likely to go down that cat or not likely but I think there's a good possibility of it is the fact that you you we have got people now so brainwashed on the other side you know when you see people going I'm gonna wear masks forever that I'm not sure I'm not sure we're going to bring these people round to, to to have it. I think it, it it feels to me that it's there is a divide, and at, at least in the sort of you know short to medium term, that divide's going to be there. And it's how how can it's we step away from that? It, it's so yeah. And and that's the saddest thing for me is that um, so trying to reach the family members or whatever yeah, if they've it's... if they've gone that way there's nothing I can say there's absolutely no way of bridging that gap and it feels a very um it's a very unsettling place to know that there's no actual way of communicating any any kind of um yeah you know peace treaty or anything it's not and, and it's quite and it, it is actually quite difficult Nikki isn't it to find because these things are so, you know, I mean, for me, like fundamentally like an attack on my freedom and my ability to choose and my, you know, uh, my very essence, it's quite hard for me to sit there and go, well, let's just put that to one side for a second. You know, it's different if you go, you know, what, you know, what do you think about that thing over there or that event that happened over there that doesn't really have much of an impact on me? Um, or on what we're doing and you can you know and and that's where things have very much changed you know the idea that you know 20 years ago you could have said you know oh well i'm i'm labor i'm conservative i think this i think this and then you could shake hands at the end of it and go it feels now it's so divisive across these lines it's really difficult i mean i i still have you know i've got a number of friends who who sort of uh, uh, you know very much gone down the vaccine route, et cetera, et cetera. Don't, but it, and, and you know, it, it, it's, I, I find it, you know, it's more difficult now. It's definitely more yeah, difficult. It's, it's, definitely really, it's, definitely it's really difficult to have the same close relationships mm -hmm. with, you know, with people who, who don't see the importance of these things that I just think are so fundamental to, to to what's going on and i think genuine ethical debate i think genuine ethical debate has a duty to make those bridges occur between two sides and it's yeah. absolutely essential to find that path going forward i don't know how because it's, it's got to encourage that open-mindedness isn't it, it? yeah listen to the listen to the other side yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, people who are struggling on, you know, you talked about fringes and we've got these fringe networks happening, which is really exciting, but there's yeah. got to be that bridge over. Otherwise, there's never going to be any kind of repairing of, of that damage that's been done or, you know, trying to get the people that are in control and power to actually come down a level and see what it's like on the ground floor. No, although I do think, I do sort of think, you know, you do the fringe, you, you could almost do the, if you do the fringe network first, I mean, there's the, there's the obvious example, wasn't it, that, you know, you could almost have, 
you know, you could almost have like, if you could have a little area where actually we're all just going about our business, not wearing masks, having a great time, you know, having, having a few drinks, doing this, doing that. The people in, in the other, in, in other part, in other parts of the country would be looking at it going, they're having a great time. It's really yeah. terrible. Yeah. And they'd, 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 they'd want to. So I think almost yeah. we've got to, so I do think there's that element of you've got to build something that then people can look at and go, actually, I think those people have got the right, right idea. It's and I think that's... What the church was supposed to do for these. Absolutely, tracks, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so ethics has two jobs then. It has the yeah. job to divide, to breach the divide between them and us, but it also has the job to encourage and nurture the ethical living within the people that are actually yeah grasp their own autonomy for themselves and actually build up that morality and find out those old myths and bring all that stuff that's needed back um so those are those are the two roles so and it's missing for both of those roles but hopefully over time maybe the things will start picking up we'll see what happens with with that journey as it goes on yeah no in terms of for the audience and stuff nikki what's um uh is there any anything you want to sort of like you know plug or yeah, mention so anything in terms of that? I've um I've been sort of planning for about a month now um uh, a kind of helpline for people who have um questions about um consent and issues in medical law uh, and yeah. the autonomy hotline. So we've talked a lot about autonomy. Yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah. Um, having having a central point to talk about what you value in your healthcare and how to assert what you want. Um, so I'm, I'm busy building that. So I've got a, a phone number and there's a website. It's just a blank website at the moment. But the autonomy hotline should be up and running within two weeks or so, maybe three. Um, and and yeah, so that's coming. Um, okay. I've got some volunteers we, um, and I think with the care workers that mandated care work mandated vaccines for care workers that can be useful for uh, teenagers as well young people we're hoping to put something together for them as well so there's a few of us working behind the scenes there is a lot yeah. going on with in other areas but that's my particular thing I had a dream about people okay. the hotline the name came the dream so I had to stick with it so I'm going along with it at the moment I'm, I'm a shy person at heart so I haven't been able to do the podcast and the interviews I've wanted to but it just it just hasn't yeah. felt you know completely well, well I mean give send me any links or I if you do. haven't got the links yet I'll put it on you know in the future and stuff like that which will be which will be really really good so people um, can phone up the number they can have um free advice yeah. on the phone um we can also do Mackenzie friend things in courts so we can support people in court and write letters and stuff so there might be a small charge or donation things you know yeah towards the cost of those things but certainly free advice and support on the phone uh would be our aim to start with so that's yeah oh fantastic well at the end all of these things help Nikki definitely yeah. and I think you know with, with this, this there's not enough on our side of it and stuff really you know just for people to get information really and stuff like that so that's really really good so um stay on the line anyway but it's been okay. really good speaking to thank you, you very much james really that, appreciate that's you that's all